Today's episode is sponsored by Brooklet Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games for a new zine every month. Coming soon, Gabico. Four-story, 33-room fortress to explore. Three interconnected faction. Dungeon procedural with gravitational disruption. Seven distinct fey goblins. Eleven creature bestiary. 28 NPCs with dispositions, appearance, story, and desires. Much more. Go today to patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Loga the Barbarian. Joined today by my guest, Eric Bloat, the owner of Bloat Games and creator of Survive This. Welcome. Thank you, Logar. How's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good. I, I've been drinking my coffee all morning, so I, I'm actually ready to, to yak and talk. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Now, our game group has definitely played, well, one of your games we've played quite a bit over the last few years, and that's Dark Places and Demogorgons, and we're pretty big fans of it. We really like it. Uh, but you have quite a few other games that you've put out under Bloat Games, your company, correct? Could you tell us about some of them? Correct. Yeah. Um, well, we did. We've done a whole uh, line of games. Uh, they use the same system called Survive This, um, which is our version of like the OSR type system. Um, started off, you know, 30 years ago as My House Rules to Dungeons and Dragons and kind of involved, evolved from there. So we got like Dark Place Demigorgons. We got Vigilante City. We got Survive This Fantasy. We Die Young. Um, what Shadows Hide. A whole slew of games that all mechanically you can mix and match. Um, we kind of took that from like the, if you're familiar with Pladium books, the creators of Rifts and stuff. <laughs> oh, all that's, I am extremely familiar with that in a long time. I go right. back. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> so, so I grew up, I grew up playing Rifts. Um, I started with Dungeons and Dragons like most, and then, then I switched to Rifts very early. And, um, I love that all their game books mechanically, you can mix and match. And so we kind of, we kind of jumped on the back for that, but then we've done, a lot of smaller games we did stuff like uh, some games called like valor knights which is like kind of almost like transformers um the monsters are heroes where you play as like the universal monsters like dracula frankenstein things like that so we've done a whole a whole slew of stuff now we're getting more into um we're still in the staying in the osr that's kind of our our bread and butter and and stuff but we're getting we're branching out in some into uh fifth edition and then also into even more smaller independent uh type games so that's that's where we're that's where we're at now okay i'm curious uh, now there's one that i'm looking forward to and i believe it's in a play test right the the war for the wasteland yeah war for the wasteland yes currently in play test um in fact if uh you find us on facebook there's a war for the wasteland uh play test group where you can go download it for free otherwise i threw it up on drive through rpg for a dollar just to get Typically, when you post things that are for free on DriveThruRPG, you get a lot of lower ratings. Um, and so to, to curb the lower ratings uh, and get the true people who really are interested in in that type of game, I uh, threw, you put it up there for a dollar. But it's on Itch as well. And it's kind of like a, a low sci-fi, um, futuristic, apocalyptic, um, everything but the kitchen sink. You know, you got power armors, mutants, uh, mystics, scions it's really uh and i think a lot of you know if you look at the art which was done by phil stone um we work a lot with phil stone he's a great guy um but 
it's uh very harkens back to some of the older um rpgs i I definitely see what you're talking about flipping through the pds i don't I'm curious to know what you have planned in store for the future of War for the Wasteland, because I'm kind of excited for this one. I hope that I can see, I'm hoping to see some kind of Kickstarter or something, but what did you have in mind? There is, yeah, there will be a Kickstarter, probably uh, launching around the same time to coincide with uh, Gen Con. We'll be at uh, Gen Con this year in the uh, Independent Game Developer Network group where they're featured um, publisher for this year, so um, we'll be there, and so the Kickstarter will uh, for War for the Wasteland will launch right around that same time, um, and it's more, it's really going to be focused on um, uh, providing a low barrier of cost to get into the game, so right now, don't hold me to this, but right now we're looking at, like, if you buy one copy, it'll be $10 print. If you buy uh, three copies for 20 um, 10 copies for 50 or the deluxe box set, which comes with 20 copies, a ton of character sheets, a box set uh, for $100. And the idea is we wanted to make this cheap enough that you could give new players the book and not be out a ton of money. And also, we wanted this game book not to be like an artifact that you put on your um, shelf that you're scared to bring to the table. This is the thing you toss across the table to your friends. You scratch through, make notes, make changes, that type thing. So is this going to be more of a zine format when this comes out? Yes, it will. It'll be a zine format. It'll be uh, between 16 and 20 pages, depending on how the Kickstarter goes. Currently, it's sitting at 16 pages, um, and it'll be all all black and white print. And that was done specifically. The it's a it's a rules minimalist game, and so it doesn't take a lot of stuff. But we really uh, packed in quite a bit into the 16 pages that it's currently sitting at. But um, Part of the idea was to keep the cost low enough for people. We had to shrink the uh, the the size of the the book. So yeah, so it'll be a sixteen to twenty page zine. So I got so in system wise. Now I've played Dark Places and Demogorgons quite a few times, and it is very much that classic D and D. If you're used to it, you're gonna have an easy time taking and rolling characters up with that. And same with uh, Vigilante City. And, I, and I've got a few of all your other games that I've got just in PDF, so I tend to only run the stuff I have physically. But is it going to, like, you, most of your other games are compatible and interchangeable, so would that be the same with this, or is it a no, totally different system? I'm curious totally, totally different system. Um, the system is was created by uh, Jason Tochi. He did a game called 2400 Lo-Fi Sci-Fi. RPG. Um, look it up on on uh, itch.io. Highly inspired me, but he does he does full games in four page booklets. Okay. And so I expanded on his stuff. So like, in, if you go into any of his booklets, he'll have one whole column, and that's the entire rules for the entire game. War for the Wasteland has three columns, um, so it is super rules light. We kind of I, I refer to it as a uh less rules more fun yeah it's kind of uh it's not if it's your first rpg i don't recommend it being your first rpg (laughs) because there you know there's some things that you're going to have to come up with on the fly but it is uh definitely not compatible um but still a full fun game that, that especially experienced gms and players will be able to pick up and just go with a lot of options packed into a little booklet 
Excellent, excellent. I, I'm, I'm excited to I'm excited to back this. I'm excited to get a copy of it because it does look really cool. It looks right up my alley. It definitely reminds me of some games that I played when I was coming up younger. <laughs> getting yes. into games. Sure. And uh, I think some of your listeners can check out. You might you might feel the same. So when it comes to like you've got you said you're branching out into some other independent type games and some fifth edition stuff over at bloat games could you expand on that a little bit let us know what you're what you sure. all got in store sure sure um well we did um we recently kick-started three uh tabletop monster manual zines um there they've been about between 40 and 60 pages each they were called overworld um pipe world and night world and they were uh, inspired by retro video games. I'm, I'm a big fan of the games from the Nintendo Entertainment System, you know, the old 8-bit games. Oh, yeah. So, like, Overworld was, like, uh, uh, was inspired by the Monsters of Legend of Zelda. Pipe World was inspired by Mario 3. <laughs> and Night World was inspired by Castlevania. And we, for the first time, we offered fifth edition, a fifth edition version as well as a Survive This version it, with those. And it's really taken off. And the fifth edition players have really gravitated to us, whereas before they had, you know, we we just stayed in our kind of in our lane and in, in the old school Renaissance uh, lane. But uh, the good news about that is, one, you got a core group of people who are very excited to play games and and stuff like that, and also it keeps the lights on here at Bloat Games um, by being able to offer those type products to, to a wider or a larger market. So we'll be expanding more, more stuff into that. Um, currently, right now, I'm, I'm contemplating doing a Vigilante City 5th edition, oh. um, full, like full game conversion. Uh, and so we got, we got some things like that. And then as far as like the independent games, even more so now, you know, I created the Survive This System back in 2015. Started working on it in 2014, but 2015 is when it was released. And since then, I run games a lot a lot uh, more rules light than I created back then. And so where where I am going personally is I'll be creating a lot more content that is even more rules light than that. That They're kind of along the lines of um, maybe like uh, Tiny Dungeons by like Alan Barr and Gallant Knight Games, if you're familiar with that game. Yes, yes. Things, things, things along those lines, um, Index Card RPG, those types of systems um, that even more streamline uh, than than your typical like OSR games. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been getting to see a lot of them here on the podcast. Everything from uh, Nave to Cairn and all these <laughs> other games that are just streamlined, stripped down systems, easy to run, pick up and go. Kind of the opposite of what I came up on is playing. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, so I have, yeah, and I, I like it. Uh, I'm still right, right now. We're run. The thing I'm running is, uh, is Castles in Crusades. We're running a CNC okay. campaign. I've, I've done a lot of CNC over the years, but mm -hmm. we run quite a few different games throughout the week. Uh, we have different things that alternate. So, um, for fifth edition, I'm curious. After the monster manuals, you what you said that you're looking at putting out a fifth edition Vigilante City. Is there any other type of fifth edition stuff you think y'all might be getting into at that point, or is that there, there may be? Yeah, we got some stuff. Nothing that is far enough along that I'd want to announce it. Typically, when when things uh, when I do these kind of podcasts, I'll, I'll drop some information, and then for the next year, I'm hit up with like, dude, well, <laughs> now you said you were working on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
at, at Blow Games, if anybody who's familiar with us, we, we are pretty prolific. We we uh, release a lot of content. And so a lot of people expect when we mention stuff that it'll be out. So I don't have anything that I'm ready to talk about now, but there's there's some things in development for that. Well, I, I like the Vigilante City as for a superhero game. I played a lot of Heroes Unlimited coming up. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was like our nut. We had like a 10 year Heroes Unlimited campaign. And I, when I when I picked up Vigilante, I only got Vigilante City uh, one and two. And I think there's a three and four I need to pick up too, isn't there? There is three and four. Yeah. Um, there's Into the Sewers, which is um, all about anthropomorphs. Very much uh, TMNT inspired, uh, and then there is Superhero Team Up, which gives you uh, you know uh, some more power options and a lot of the options like for team moves and stuff like that. So um, yeah, both of those those are out and available as well. Yeah, I've, I've, I haven't ran a superhero campaign in a couple of years, but I think when we pick up and try to go back to that little world that we have of ours, I think the game that I'm gonna I'm gonna look at first in doing that with and continuing on this stuff is is Vigilante City because I really like what I see there, and I think most people that have played D and D or especially earlier forms of D and D will be able to pick up on it real quick, and it's easy to honestly I think your games. Like, like Dark Places and Demogorgons and Vigilante City are easy for me to hack because I'm so familiar with just the structure of it so I can do whatever I want with it at the end of the day. That's Very one reason so. I like it. Very much. And that was part of the, the, the design intent was to make it to where, you know, people have been playing. First off, people who, anybody who plays any version of Dungeons & Dragons, except for maybe 4th edition because that, that one diverges the most. But if you played any version of Dungeons and Dragons, you're gonna pick up. You're gonna know what's going on. You're like, oh, I see strength, intelligence, dex. I see saving throws. You're gonna know what's going on in the game. And then because that game has been around now since you know the 70s, um, in its earliest iterations, you know it's it's very much hackable. People have been messing with that system for years and know what to do without without breaking a game. So. Yeah, and if you want to add stuff to it, it, you probably have stuff in your library you can yank from other places. Like if you want to throw in any kind of fantasy stuff or sci-fi stuff, there's probably a version of something out there that kind of mixes in well. I love that. I, that's one of the things I like about having when they introduced an open license 20, 22 years ago now. Uh-huh. And I really was, I'm a big fan of the things that have happened since what people have done, how creative it's gotten. So how do you go from, well, well, where did you start with your gaming and how did it get to the point where you're running bloat games, putting out quite a few games? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, well, I started uh, 1990. I always remember this because um, I I went to a friend's house and he had a whole group of friends over I never saw before. And they were all standing around a table and they had these books and these dice and they were having a ton of fun. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, turns out they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, but their form of Dungeons and Dragons, had, you had to be a Marvel comic book character. <laughs> and uh, and so they're like, well, you got to get uh, go up and get Marvel Universe uh, or the handbook to the Marvel Universe. Oh, I remember um, those. <laughs> so I, I went to I went to Rite Aid to get it and they didn't have it. But I ended up buying my first comic book, which is Spider-Man 333. So I always, always had that date because I'm like, all right, that was 1990. And I started playing Dungeons & Dragons. Um, very quickly uh, met some guys who were playing riffs. And I was like, oh, this, this, is, this is even cooler. 
and uh, started playing riffs. And then we had, I had a friend who said, we watched Aliens, and he said, we need to make a riffs campaign like this. And so I wrote up what would now be referred to as a 20-page treatment of just hacking riffs and making it that. And people kept asking to borrow that, like after that got out. And so I, I kind of got known for, for creating these things. And eventually I found out that, you know, a ton of people were making independent RPGs and I thought I can do this. And, uh, turns out that, uh, I may not be able to do it well, according to yeah. some people, but I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate what you've been doing. I, I, I You can do it pretty well. You've got Thanks. some solid stuff there. So how did you get, when did Bloat Games, like you said, it was 2015 you came out with the, was this Bloat Games around before the 2015 oh. Survive This came out or how did that happen? Well, the, in 2015, we launched two games. We lost, launched List Off, which is a card game for us. It's kind of like playing Trivial Pursuit and Uno at the same time. Um, we launched that, and then shortly after that, we launched Survive This Zombies, the first edition, and they were released in four booklets meant to kind of emulate the uh, old uh, white, uh, old Dungeons and Dragons booklets, and uh, and that's really what got it going. and And for a while, I became known as like the zombie guy, <laughs> and uh, and then you know, uh, cut to a year later, I saw the first episode of Stranger Things. And 15 minutes in that first episode, I said, why isn't this a game? Uh, so I started writing that, started writing, but became Dark Place Demigorgons. Uh, two weeks later, I think the Kickstarter for Tales from the Loop dropped, and I stopped. I said, oh, well, someone else. Can make <laughs> and it turns out, though, that the more I looked into it, I was like, we're making two separate types of, or two different visions. We're, we're both in the 80s, but it's totally different thing. Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's a misconception about Tales from the Loop when they when they place it in and say that that is Stranger Things. I don't think that is quite what Tales from the Loop is. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. As soon as I heard that the kids couldn't die, I said, "Wait, you saying the characters can't die?" And they said, "Yeah, you don't want to be killing kids in your thing." I'm like, "Oh, I definitely want to be killing kids in my <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> in my game." So. Stranger Things uh, sure did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I went. I, I would say of of most of the games that are out there that do the eighties retro type thing, um, ours tends to be the most. Uh, well, first off, you play as older kids, your 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 teenagers, um, specifically like high school teenagers, and um, it plays more like a John Carpenter or a Wes Craven movie than it really plays like a Stranger Things uh, or like a, a kids on bike type of experience. It, it's much more horror based, I guess you could say, a monster of the week type thing. Yeah, and, and if you think about that, tons of those old slashers were about high school kids getting murdered and stuff like that. It was it was all over that stuff. And that that's that's what my game is meant to emulate. Now I know people who a lot of people who told me that they've taken Dark Place Demi Gorgons and they'll run like a Scooby Doo campaign and stuff like that, <laughs> which is awesome um and uh it, so it can be lighthearted, but like when personally when i run it it's it's a much more dark and grim experience for the for the players involved yeah it's it's got a lot there's a whole setting to it this is it joan what's the name joan I'm say, sorry it's j-town or jefferson town jefferson well, i'm almost saying jonestown jimmy jones gonna be like this <laughs> they got really dark they got really dark, yeah. <laughs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid. 
so yeah and uh and there's a lot of cool stuff there that supplement wise that i picked up when i was when i was getting ready to run that they got like entire books of cryptids and everything else you can do bigfoot we brought bigfoot into the game awesome we had fun <laughs> i'm gonna question this this kind of off topic have you seen the have you seen the new season of stranger things um i started watching it last night i've watched two episodes um i had we had origins come up right around the time that this dropped and i just simply did not have time to watch the new season did did so. you see the D game episode with the basketball game that was the first or second yes, yes, yeah, that was the first episode yeah i, I saw that the, the the natural 20 is one of my favorite things I've seen involving D and D yet, like they actually went through there and like made their game of D and D like you would, and they paralleled it with the sports show. I, yeah. What did you think of that? I thought that was great. Yeah. No, no, I loved that. Yeah, that was uh, I, I was uh, cheering right along with that. So. Yeah, I was excited to see D and D on TV like that. See people playing and everybody excited, and the way they built the tension for rolling the dice and everything, and everybody cheers. And that's like, yeah, you can bring that excitement you get when you're playing at the table and you're at the last minute. You got that D twenty going, and boom, you finally get that natural twenty. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciated that. And that's for me, like one of the one of the biggest things and attractions of that and the whole show was like kind of kind of the fact that they were playing D and D and I was like, oh, cool, I'm really. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, like when we rolled up our characters for dark places and demogorgons, we had our we, we they went to the Catholic school so we could have priests. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. You know, yeah. and uh, and they were all part of the same D and D group. Was one of their task was to create. And Dungeon Master is one of the first to get killed. So, what else do we have here? You've got um, we've all, I've only covered Dark Places and Demogorgons and briefly Vigilante City. Could you get in a little more detail of some of the other books that you have out? Now, there's the original Survive This was a zombie game, correct? It was a zombie game, yeah. Survive it was Survive the Zombies, and it it got a second edition when when um, I created the original Survive This system. We didn't have anything like magic or even skills involved you, it was very simple so there's a second edition to that which kind of brings it up to date and makes it mechanically inclined with or mechanically compatible with all the other games um we die young was a really big hit for us that is um supernatural role-playing in the 1990s so it it's set in seattle in the 1990s so like right at the height of the grunge movement right but it's it's kind of a letter to white our love letter to white wolf games you play as like vampires werewolves mummies uh, fairies, those type things, all converging on the city of Seattle as the grunge movement's happening. So, like all the song titles in it um, are all are all the spells are grunge song titles, um, <laughs> very much themed to that. Um, like it's almost a 400-page book, so it's we really put a lot into that one. That that was a Kickstarter that uh, blew up for us. I think that was our next to the original Vigilante City. That was our our second largest Kickstarter. Um, so we got that one. We got What Shadows Hide, which is a modern day um, horror game, kind of in the vein of like X-Files meets uh, Hellboy um, meets Supernatural, the, that, those type uh, situations uh, the, that has a Cthulhu expansion. Um, so again, that's compatible. And then, of course, Survive This Fantasy, which is, it's not a, um, 
a representation that I would say are a good representation of like Dungeons and Dragons. So it's not, not us doing Dungeons and Dragons. It's really more us doing Palladium Fantasy and Warhammer uh, kind of a uh, fantasy. So it's kind of a, you know, uh, our interpretation of that and what inspired us as, as kids. Um, not that Dungeons and Dragons didn't. Dungeons and Dragons wholeheartedly inspired us, but I just felt like so many people do their version of Dungeons and Dragons. If I was going to do fantasy, uh, I was going to do it a little differently. So. Well, I uh, Palladium was one of my foundations when I was coming up in game, and I've said this a billion times. Mm-hmm. played so much of it. Now, Palladium Fantasy is quite a bit different in a lot of ways from your D&D. And one of the things is that it kind of encouraged you. Palladium was all about playing outlandish things. So when you came into Palladium Fantasy, you know, um, bugbears and troglodytes and all kinds of like wolf creatures, like you were kind of encouraged to play the monsters, not the, not as, not as much the humans and elves. <laughs> so right. And, and that's, that's kind of the same with uh, Survive This Fantasy. Yeah. 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 That, that was that was a big takeaway that we had from that game um and just in dungeons and dragons or at least in my um experience with old school dungeons and dragons it was a lot more heroic um like like a lot more dungeon crawl a lot more going in and saving the realm survive this fantasy you can you can definitely play it that way but it also has like the palladium um a lot more uh intrigue like um and dealing with like uh warring factions and dealing with how you're perceived in the kingdom and and things along those lines and so it's it's a lot more of a um not just not just a a dungeon crawl where you kill a whole bunch of monsters there's a lot more intrigue and slow paced thing or that's the intent but like i said everybody once you get the game Play it however you want. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what are the playable races in it? I'm curious. I haven't picked it up yet. I need to check it out. Well, we got we got like a, a race that's very similar, if you're familiar with Wolfen, very yes. similar to the Wolfen. Uh, we got these a race called Minitin, which are like two foot tall, like little, little tiny humans, essentially. And they ride around on um, like uh, rabbits and dogs and go into battle <laughs> and fight that way. So, and then, then, you know, there's a lot of uh, the standard um, fantasy races, but it would, in Dungeons and Dragons, it would be stuff that would be considered monsters that you can play. So we got like bear men that you can play. You, you know, there's, there's just several options that are out there specifically that, that you're not just human, elf, or dwarf. You have some other, you know, uh, races that you can play that typically in, in standard Dungeons and Dragons would be considered like the monster races. I, I like that. I appreciate. It. I think that's a good way. To, that's a good approach to. It. That's pretty cool. And as the setting itself, you said it's more faction based. What else? Well, like, was there a help? There's a, there's an implied setting. There actually has not been a setting book. When we did um, the Kickstarter for uh, Survive This Fantasy, it was for the first two books, which is only two that are they're currently out. We got a third one that'll be coming out uh, probably next month if all goes well. Fingers crossed. What is, uh, what is the third? The third book is Race and Classes. So it's okay. additional race and classes. Um, but there was an implied setting, um, but we didn't write a full setting thing because the first two books were 300 pages each. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't room to put a setting on there. So there's tons of monsters. It's a fully playable game, tons of treasure, tons of stuff. Not a lot on setting, 
other than what's implied by like the characters, the types of characters you can play and and they're how they interact with the other characters that are playable in the in the game so we're going to be coming close to time here in a, in a little bit i want to know if there's any of your other games that i'm missing out on that i need to be checking out and pick it up before you go because <laughs> i'm really i'm really excited to check out the survive this fantasy stuff i'm definitely trying to try to snag yeah, I, like I think we've covered the majority of them um there's there's a game called destination uncharted which is it's a zine style rpg uh, it's kind of like playing, um, if you're familiar with Tomb Raider or Uncharted, it's kind of like doing that in an RPG form. Um, very fun. That one's made mo- a little more for like uh, family friendly. It's a, it's a rules light OSR type uh, game. Um, so there's that one, it's, which that one's actually compatible with our with our Valor Knights and our monsters are our heroes. So we got we got all those out. Um, and I'd say, really, if you if you checked out the Survive This system, if you're familiar with that game line, that's what we're most known for. Uh, that's what uh, definitely sells the best for us. Um, and then, you know, like I said, there's tons of different settings there that you can mix and match. In fact, I had a guy who uh, at Origins came up to me, and uh, he was bought, he bought the Survive This uh, Zombie Second Edition book and all four Vigilante City books because he wants to do like Marvel zombies uh, <laughs> in his game. So <laughs> I didn't think of that. I didn't think of it. Well, could you tell the listeners where they can pick up your games and where they can find you online, where they should be following and checking you out? Definitely, definitely. All right. So you can pick up our games. We got our own website, www.bloatgames.com. Um, find, you'll find our stuff there. Uh, currently, we only ship to the United States because the international shipping has got ridiculously expensive um so if you're from the united states that's that's a great place to go because you can get the print and the pdf all in one place um drive through rpg we got all of our stuff there in print you'll find uh nearly 70 products um so if you're on drive through rpg just look up bloat games you'll find us there we're on lulu for international people um you can find us on amazon but uh social media wise we're on all the social media i say our most um active is on facebook we got two pages we got the official bloat games page where we post like hey this is coming up or this was just released and then we got bloat games uh, community page which i always recommend to everybody because that's where people go and they will um, upload their own adventures or their own monsters so you can get a lot of free content also if you have a question if you drop it in there um if you if you send it to the official bloat games page i respond but i i i'm not always like readily available um but if you drop in the gaming page typically you get a response almost immediately um by like three or four people saying go to page 32 and it's paragraph three and they you know they'll help you through it now the community page is is that a group the bloat games gaming community is that it that's it yes that is exactly it bloat games gaming community I, I'm gonna. I, I I need to join into there because I, I wasn't aware of that one. I was only aware of your your actual the the your page. So <laughs> well, thank you very much for talking to us. It's been a pleasure having you on. Well, thanks, Logar. I really appreciate really appreciate you having me on. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here, please give it a positive review wherever you're listening. And you can also find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could use the support if you could spare it. 
patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and as always keep those dice rolling <laughs>